0: It is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today we are going to talk about a first look of Matthew Kachuk in a Panthers sweater. We're also going to be talking about front office confidence rankings across the NHL and where do the Florida Panthers stand. And we're going to talk about the big signing of Nazem Kadri to the Calgary Flames because the Florida Panthers and the Calgary Flames will be connected for a while. So we're going to talk about that, what that means for both teams, all next on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast.
1: Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. Welcome to this Friday, August 19th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at man 12 Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden and Lockdown NHL. We'll be covering all... The off-season activities around the National Hockey League. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So cats fans, it's a uh, even though we're still kind of in the dog days of summer and still kind of a month and a half uh really until training camp starts there's no shortage of topics here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast when it comes to really a, a look into the season but first I want to bring in my guests on the show as you can see in the in the Zoom here uh Nick Fairbanks the Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast Nick welcome back to the show once again
1: thank you and uh thank you for continuing on uh, the celebration that is Fairbanks Friday
0: absolutely man and let's just get right into it. Uh, just yesterday, there was a post both on on Matthew Kachuk's Twitter and on his Instagram page of a first look of him in a Panther sweater with the full hockey gear. And of course, um, when he was in his introductory press conference, he just had a, a, a sweater with no, nothing on it. It was still speculation on what jersey number he would wear and then later on fla team shop says 19 so it's like okay 19 but it wasn't in the press conference but here the image from shearwood hockey uh shows him and on the ice uh, of course some photos of him taking a a slap shot uh in a florida panthers sweater even it's still weird because the moment i saw that i still went to his bio and his twitter and there was still no avi change. and a bio change based on uh, who he plays for just goes to show that he probably doesn't go on this, on these sites much. Um, but still the first look of Matthew Kachuk in a Panther sweater, I, I have to ask you, Nick, has it felt real yet? No. And
1: this isn't the first time that we've seen a, a player put on a, a, Florida Panthers uniform and it doesn't feel real. I think the last time that happened was for me, was Claude Giroux. And then before that, uh, Yarmir Yager. It's just, you know, you have these great players that, you know, um, you know, you think that they'll they might play for your team at one point, but you know, you never know what's gonna happen. You know, life has you know kind of finds a way, as Jeff Goldblum would say. And um, you know, it's kind of fantastic to see. Uh it looked really clean in the photos that I was able to see. Yeah, and
0: with 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 Matthew Kachuk and All the talk we've been doing all throughout the offseason what it's going to bring to the table and now it's manifesting. um, itself with these photos and next we're going to it's going to be manifesting by training camp and then game one is going to happen, I, I don't even know if it'll. feel real, even when we have a few preseason games. It's going to, of course, not everyone plays during the preseason not every and not every game as well and then i i think that it's gonna be it, it it's not even gonna take preseason for it to feel real i think it's gonna be game one against the new york islanders um, on october 13th
1: i believe so too um but i also take the side that you know his presence i don't think i don't know if it's gonna be felt right away uh, on the ice i think it's something that he's gonna have to work on especially chemistry uh with barkoff and uh verhage um i think he'll be a little bit more of a late Bloomer, but at the same time, you know what? What a acquisition! You know, I I never thought that he, it was going to be possible for him to come to Florida. um You know, and especially you know what he got traded for. um I mean, you heard St. Louis was probably the front runner just because that's where his father played and everything. And you know, you had to think that Carolina was also going to be in there, but they didn't want to part with what they had. But you know, it, it, it's good to be a Florida Panthers fan right now. So, um, kid say nothing bad about you know the move and uh, i'm just happy that bill zito's going for it again and uh keeping this team relevant not not only for this season but also extending that window as we've talked about before
0: yeah and just the position that the panthers were in we were we we've spoken about this many times of how this was when the off season began we we didn't even know that both johnny gaudreau and matthew kachuk were going to to even leave uh both of them even leaving uh the franchise and then of course um so when someone wants out on 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 a team uh a a player has an opportunity to pounce i mean we've seen this a lot in the last two seasons you mentioned claude drew earlier another player we did not expect to be available at the trade deadline and who knows who knows if this is the last player of we think of I, I'm not even going to try naming a specific one that's currently on another team right now, but it, it, just imagine if we get to the trade deadline again, uh, and there's a player that wants to be be traded um, for a team that's not doing so well, and then it's like, the Florida Panthers going after him, and then they get, they get traded again. It just goes to show what they've been building these last few seasons.
1: Yeah, and It goes to the opposite end of what Dale Talon was doing because Dale liked to hold on to prospects and hold on to picks and just let the young guys kind of grow into their game. And it worked out for a couple of them, but unfortunately, some of them didn't really pan out to, you know, what we as fans or even possibly the public thought. Um, You know, I can think of that 2010 draft with, you know, good Branson. um, And then you can think of the Bugstads of the world or um, there was another player, Howden. Uh, If you guys want to think that far back, um, just didn't really pan out to what we thought they were going to be. And, you know, you rather trade away a pick, uh, an unknown, uh, if you will, for somebody who is proven uh, that can make an impact on your team. So um, I do like that change in philosophy. Um, I just wonder what Florida will have, I guess, in their prospect pool going forward. Uh, to see if they're going to have any gaps being filled, because now they're starting to pay players, the, their salary cap is going to start being filled up. But now they need guys from uh, you know the AHL level or from uh, the levels lower to step up and make an impact
0: as well. Mm-hmm. And that's a good way to segue into the next segment where we're going to talk about front office confidence rankings, because of course the Florida Panthers have made aggressive trades. They've um, and it's going to and for when you make aggressive trades of course that's gonna dent put a dent into a little bit of your farm system and of course that gives a different perspective on how fans view front offices so we're going to talk about that next here on the lockdown florida panthers podcast but first we're going to tell you all about battle line and battleline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online search for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, Combat Sports, Esports, and golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online re- resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online where the game starts. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. It's a Fairbanks Friday here. So I got Nick Fairbanks here on this Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. So Nick, so Dom Luchichin of The Athletic uh, wrote an article about front office confidence rankings. And a part of it is uh, votes via the fans too versus the public as well. And of course, uh, putting those combined Uh, you, every team gets an overall grade last year around this time, the Florida Panthers were ranked fourth as far as front office confidence rankings this year, coming into this season, the Florida Panthers front office confidence ranking was ranked seventh and their grade was a, a B minus, uh, excuse me, a, a B, um, for their front office, uh, confidence rankings. So for... For when we ask this question too high too low or just right for me. I personally think it's just right based on aggressiveness, but at the same time, knowing that it could. There is still that possibility that it could fall apart, but also that perspective of this is a playoff team on paper, and of course, lots of turnover as well there's still those questions that come into play, but knowing that when you look at this team and you look from the the fir- first person on the roster, all the way to the backup goaltender or the seventh defenseman, you, we see that this is still a good enough team to compete. So for, and also looking at the long-term aspect of this team. So when I see B, I think it's just about right, based on Bill, um, Bill Zito and the front office uh, grade for heading into
1: 2022-23. Yeah, so, I mean, you mentioned, you know, uh, you know the Goldilocks theme where, you know, is it uh, too hot, too cold, or just right? Um, I do agree with you in saying that it's just right, and it's, it's kind of uh, fun to see, you know, how the public... Uh, actually has more of uh, what I would say is more of an average view of the actual team and more of a correct view. I think of the front office, whereas the fans, if you look at their scores and everything, they're a little bit, probably a little bit higher or probably a little bit lower depending on, you know, the knowledge of the actual team, because, you know, if you were to take into account the fan base, you know, if they're diehards or if they're just casual fans uh good chance that, you know, the scores could be a little bit more skewed, but um, you know, looking at the public, uh, you know, I have to say that, you know, the roster building, cap management, uh, trading, free agency and the vision are probably right on uh, schedule. Uh, however, draft and develop, I think, is a little high, um, in my opinion, just because I'm still waiting to see uh, if Florida is going to be able to develop and actually mature uh, prospects into the system. Um, I mean, the last person I had to say that they probably did that with was, you know, Vincent Trocheck. to be honest with you. Um, And then, you know, you go to the fan side where they think the roster building is an A minus, but yet they forget, you know, is Bill Zito going to show up the defense coming into the season? Is there another trade to be made possibly? Um, And then, you know, I think they were right on with the draft and develop, you know, a C plus. But then again, you know, with free agency. um, We'll have to see. I would not give them an A minus at all, um, according to this report, just because I feel like you filled in a lot of third and fourth liners, which we needed you know, the team needed, but at the same time, are they going to be able to get the job done? You know, could you have done that or could you have supplemented that with younger talent?
0: I think why people think a minus is like you had this little cap and you worked with what you got with all these one to $2 million deals, but I'm more on the public side, which is like the B, because if it's a minus, it's, it's of course that whenever it's not making a trade for Matthew Kachuk and actual (laughs) free agency signings without giving up anything. So I'm more on the I'm more on the public side of that. Uh, draft and develop, of course. We we see that Owen Tippett didn't work out here. So of course, traded away. Where the, the jury is still out on Grigory Denisenko as well and Alexi Heponiemi as well. So th- those are other ones. Just recent trades of Mike Matheson, um, as, as well to get a Patrick Hornquist. That's a that's a that's a draft and develop that didn't go so well. And, and of course that's a previous regime, of course, for a lot of those uh, moves. But th- there hasn't been too much high draft capital for this specific regime. Of course, Mackie Semeskavage, even though the USA's um um was eliminated from the World Juniors last night uh massive mackie samoskevich looked really good and and I, I saw him skate through like three or four defenders um quite a few times so that's that's an encouraging sign of, of it as, as well for for the panthers but as far as vision b plus versus uh they they actually match the fans versus the the public b plus on the vision because of course um seeing how Barkoff and kachuk's contracts match um as far as term and Mm -hmm. and the fact that there it it buys a little bit of time for bill zito and paul Maurice, i i think both of them will have long leashes that's for sure um and even though even though with three first round picks um excuse me four first round picks given up from 2022
1: to 2025. yeah uh, i think bill was given the longest leash i mean considering you know the cap uh, mismanagement that he had to clear up and he's still in a way uh clearing up to this day um i don't think he had a choice with keith yandel uh buying him out and having to take that hit uh especially into this season um you know i don't i don't blame him for that that's a tom row error thinking that you know we were going to get a veteran puck moving defenseman that would be able to quarterback the power play i have no qualms with moving that on i mean i think we've beat that horse dead. Uh, many times (laughs) Uh, but other than that you can see the vision is there like to get younger to get uh, more stable uh, to take chances on players that actually um, would fit into the mold of being uh, a tough team to play against uh, not only with speed but also to go into the playoffs and uh, play that tough style of hockey that you need uh, to get into the Stanley Cup.
0: Yeah and and you know it's a I, I don't feel that these grades are really much. It, I don't I didn't really see it as a as a panic grade for for the Panthers. Um, Yeah, sure. It's it still things that they got swept by 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 Tampa Bay in round two. But the fact that even with a sweep that your GM is willing to go still swing for the fences just goes to show that, of course, you, you still believe that that the that this franchise is on its way up and you know that you you said it best dale Talon held on to prospects and he wouldn't swing for the fences bill zito is 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 a guy who's swinging
1: yeah and not only that he's swinging but he's also been able to give the team a window into next season as well with uh, the all that dead money coming off. Finally, you know, we just talked about, you know, Yandel's buyout coming off. Uh, you're going to have um, a former goaltender who didn't even really, he didn't even play for the team. He played for a tryout, but didn't play for him at all. His cap hit will be coming off. So Florida is actually gonna come into next season with the roster that's already built as of right now with what, $15 million to play with, which will allow them to either re-sign some of the players that they really want as part of the core going forward or getting a number one or number two type defenseman to round out their top six. So not only has he done a matchful job of putting together this group, but also to give them a window to even add even more, which you could not say five 10 years ago with this team it was always like hey we're waiting for this guy to develop we're waiting we're waiting we're waiting well you you could have had this one star for this one player if you would have pulled the trigger and that would have worked out but instead you know we decided to stay pat but this is a new era new regime with the with not only Bilzito, but it seems like this commitment with ownership is not is not only going from here but it's risen and they're doing anything they can to win the cup
0: yep that, that's that that is a great position for each team to 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 be in if you if you happen to be there. but a, sur- a surprise announcement of a signing happened today around noon-ish Eastern time and it, it just creates this continuous conversation around the trade that happened between uh the flames and the Panthers. and we're going to talk about that next here on the lockdown. Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. I'm De Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks here. And Nick, you know, the long-awaited announcement of where is Nazem Kadri going to sign uh, this year? Many people thought that for sure it was going to be the New York Islanders, him reuniting with Lou Lamorello, who drafted him in Toronto. Um, And now that the, well, now that Kadri is officially signed with the Calgary Flames, seven by seven, which was also reported that the New York Islanders gave, um, offered Kadri that same deal, but it, it's really impressive from the Calgary side of things. We spoke about earlier in the show, you lose two guys in Goudreau, you lost them for nothing. Kachaki, you were able to get something for him. And you still get a superstar like Huberto, uh a guy who had just an incredible season of a a, a a kind of FU season to his haters uh out, out there, um <laughs> and and earned himself a a, a a seven by seven. Did did Calgary get better? I I I really I, I I don't know if they got better. I don't but I don't know if they got worse neither. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that I feel like that with Daryl Sutter, an older coach, that he doesn't want to coach a rebuild, and I think that has a lot to do with why they tra- um, they traded for Huberto and why they aggressively went after Nazem Kadri. So I think the where the coach is at at his point in his life coaching, I think that had a lot to do with um, with them trying to get Nazem Kadri to Calgary. Most definitely,
1: and you know Daryl. Daryl is uh, a coach that does deserve to make the decisions that he does, like where he wants to coach, um, what he wants to coach. And I, I could honestly see him coaching this season. And then if they didn't make this move for Kadri or they don't add any other pieces later in the season or even in the next offseason, season, hey, listen, you know, like we, we did our best. Uh, unfortunately we lost two of our best pieces and we weren't able to recover for it. I'm going to take a step aside and uh, you know, do what I think is best for me. Uh, but, you know, hats off to, uh, Calgary being able to not only get what they got for, uh, Matthew to but then get Nas and Padre for basically nothing. Um, you know, I think they improved, um, you know, today, but you know, you asked the question earlier, did they, have they improved over last season? You gotta think of it this way. Do you think Jonathan Uberdo is an improvement over Johnny Boudreau? Yes. Okay. Do you think Nazem Kadri is an improvement over Matthew Tichuk? No. So I think that they're probably going to balance out in that way, but it really is going to matter if that team makes the playoffs and if they do well. The one thing is I'm in the impression that they've improved and not necessarily because of the forwards that they acquired, but uh, kind of painted myself in a box here with this, but um, because they acquired uh, Mackenzie Weger, They have probably one of the best top sixes in the NHL now, the most solidified defense. And, you know, defense wins championships. And I think that with the uh, acquired uh, piece like Weger, Flames could actually do very well next season and actually surprise a lot of people. Um, Are they going to be as good as they were last season in the regular season? We don't know, but I definitely can see them doing a lot better in the postseason now.
0: Yeah, and just the top six. This is a projection from daily face off Huberto, Lindholm, Tyler Toffoli, Blake Coleman, Nazan Kadri, Andrew Maggiapani, just that top that just that top six alone. That's just scary names just to just to just reading them them off. And Chris Tannev is going to miss a a good part of the season as well. So their defense core is going to be only be dented a little bit and they had $36 million of cap space at the beginning of this offseason. Uh, and use that to sign both Huberto and Kadri to to their deals and also using the trade for Sean Monahan who is who's battled injuries as well playing on their fourth line traded him to Montreal that's an ultimate tank move uh, for Montreal as well and and they they already had a 2025 first round pick which was the Kachuk trade so they mm-hmm. still have three firsts and three seconds next year as as well so That's just great asset management for Brad Living as well to make those trades happen. But I also think about it like this. Calgary went from a possible rebuild to short window. Florida went from short window to long window. What those two teams have in common is the second word, window yeah and uh it's
1: going to be interesting to see how each team from here on out actually navigates that because um florida's got to pay attention to their cap situation and they're going to have to do that for the next couple seasons and make smart decisions whereas calgary they're going to have to prove to them uh you know to themselves that they can actually continue to play or left you know leave off where uh last season's team played um you've got a lot of money now into guys who are 30 or 31 now who's may or may not pan out later you know so you have a three-year window with them i'm going to say three or four year window where florida now you know with bark off into chuck and now you're going to have uh spencer knight probably take over the next uh, year or two uh I, i would probably take florida's window right now to be honest with you but um you know i I'm not an Islanders fan at all, and uh, you know I I never will claim to be ever uh, a New York fan at all. So I'm sorry for Yankee, Ranger, Islander fans, whatever you want to call them out there. Um, I feel for the Islanders right now because it seems like Lou Lamarillo, you know, spun a ton of gold elsewhere, but just cannot seem to get it going with the Islanders. Uh, Was not able to sign John Tavares. uh, Not able to sign Nazem Kadri, even though he drafted him, Uh, and it's because he can't make a deal. He can't trade away cap space. Um, or he's not willing to trade away what is expected to get rid of cat space. Uh, not unlike Bill Zito or, you know, traveling from Calgary.
0: Yeah. And Lula Morello has been in this game for multiple decades. I think longer than both you and I have have been alive as far as like being in the front office. So he's, eh, yeah. <laughs> he's, been, he's been around, he's been around the block for a while and, even even Islander fans are wondering is 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 the game past them because you see, everyone's taught the one conversation is zero free agent signings and they're holding off on certain extensions as well. Um, I, I I haven't looked at their Cat friendly page to see if they've um, announced any extensions, but they it looks like that they were tr- just trying to wait until whether they got Kadri or not in order to make that and they still and the the conversation was around new york was oh you don't need another center because you have matthew Bar- Barzal, but the islanders struggled in scoring so b- bringing in kadri on another line helps that scoring and what did what did the new york islanders lack the two seasons that they went to the eastern conference finals scoring mm-hmm.
1: I wonder, I don't want to say the game has passed them by, but you start to think about the mentality of how much do you covet a first round pick or a second round pick? Do you covet that more than bringing in a player that can impact your team? So, you know, like we were talking about with Dale Talon before holding on to prospects and holding on to draft picks or acquiring draft picks. Um, I think Lou is in that stage right now. I don't think he wants to give up anything just to actually be able to, you know, bring in a free agent signing like Kadri. Either that or he didn't think Kadri was going to move the needle as much, you know, for, you know, like somebody like a Barzell uh, being able to break out. And it's interesting to me that, you know, you have probably one of the better defensive cores in the league um, in New York. Um, You have a young goaltender that could actually show out. But now you have a chance to bring in more uh, forwards and give them extensions that, you know, that's probably the only missing piece you have. And yet you don't sign anybody. Zero. Zilch so what is your plan now are you now going to go into the season as you are now maybe give an extension or two and then wait till next off season or are you just are you going to go off into the sunset now are they going to relieve him of his duties that that would be one GM i'd be probably putting on uh the hot seat right now
0: yeah and you know he's been there now for, uh, four seasons now. Um, this will be his uh, fifth season going into, um, and you know, the beginning, the beginning of it looked good for Lamarella, but you know, $11 million still to, to spend. And the, the, the extensions that we were, we were, um, that I, I just saw their cat friendly page on, on the extensions they have yet to announce, um, Noah Dobson, Alexander, um, ramonov which they got in a trade from uh, Montreal on draft night and uh, K- Kiefer bellows. So that those are, those are still like pick, picks that they uh, have yet, yet to announce. So it's just, it, it's just, it's, it's going to be a rough season in long Island once again uh, for, 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 for the Islanders. And this was a team that I thought was going to take a little bit of a bounce back after COVID kind of uh you know, in a way, kind of ruined their season. Of course, players are not going to make that excuse; coaches are, but I'll, I'll make it for them. But still, even the lack of offensive scoring punch—I I said at the beginning of the the way I, the way too early show. Uh, yeah, that they, that they were <laughs> going to be in. That's why. That's why that was way too early at that time.
1: I will say too, not being able to play at home for like the first two months of the season because their mm-hmm. arena wasn't ready is uh, a huge thing too. So them being able to actually start. Uh, The season at home, I thought would be a benefit, but not after this offseason. I I, I don't see it They're They're definitely going to have to surprise some people with how they're going to be able to play.
0: Yeah, and I I haven't seen I have to look at Arizona's schedule again, but I think they're going to go through the same thing this year with their new uh, arena out in uh, Tempe, which is uh, shared with Arizona State. I, I think they're they're gonna have the first uh, few weeks not as long as new, the Islanders but still a good portion of the season and that's just tough on players uh, that's just really that I, I I don't like that for players because of the mental aspect of it and and just the the travel and not being in a one set location for for for, for to play games uh it, I don't know just not a fan of it for for each team but of course money talks right <laughs> and of course new arena as well hey it's got to get ready somehow but nick i want to thank you for uh joining me once again on this friday edition of the lockdown florida panthers podcast thank you as always and uh tell people where they can find you and your work online
1: thank you again armando for having
0: another special fairbanks friday uh
1: happy to talk to the fans again you guys can follow me on twitter at Prudentia zero and follow my work on
0: pantherparkway.com Thank you so much, Nick, and I'll see you next Friday.
1: See you next Friday, sir.
0: And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to so be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden. We'll be covering all the offseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day, and for your second listen of the day. Make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. This is Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team. Every day.